You're listening to Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel, Las Vegas. This is where real faith meets real change. Be sure to listen to us through Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Follow us on your favorite service to get instant notifications when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also check us out on social media at PC Las Vegas and visit our website, PraiseChapelLasVegas.com to find out more about what PCLV is all about. With that being said, listen up, because here comes the word. That piece of wood, and it's part of who we are at, at Praise Chapel, uh, not in our fellowship, but here at PCLV, and it's win, build, serve, and send. Our, our model here, if you look at our sign right here on top of 49 or top of 51 of our suite, it, is we, it's real faith for real change. Real faith for real change. How many know that you need something real to change? Come on, it can't be anything fake. It cannot be something that's manufactured. It has to be genuine and real. And that's what we try to be here at PCLV is real. Amen. I'm real. I don't try to fake anything. I don't try to, to, to try to create something that I'm not. I, I, what you see is what you get. Amen. I'm just as real as I can be, and, and, and I'm not here to claim I'm the most educated or the, the best speaker uh, in, in our fellowship. I know that I'm one of the top guys, uh, God's favorites, though. Amen. That I know. Amen. That I know. Amen. But actually, you're his favorite, too. Amen. So, but we're here to offer real faith for real change, but I want to focus on the bill part today. See, if we want to grow individually, how many want to grow in this place? Come on, and you know, if we're going to grow individually or we're going to grow as a church, we must, say I must, we must build. We must build, and building comes through discipleship. Amen. And I believe that's something that's been lost in our church today. The church of Jesus Christ and the body of Christ, amen, and even churches within our fellowship, amen, have lost the art of discipleship. Discipleship is the main thing that causes us to grow. And it's something that's been lost, amen, it's something that's been replaced either by programs or, or things and all that stuff is good. But, but the art of discipleship has lost its place. Come on, somebody say amen. And, and come on, it goes through the seasons. We go, we grow, and, and, and it's something that we must not lose. Disciple is something that has to be consistent in our church, in the church of Jesus Christ. Amen. Pastor Mondo mentioned that on our Saturday morning sessions. Amen. That there has to be consistency. Come on. How many know that you got to be consistent in your walk? You got to be consistent in your giving. You got to be consistent in everything that we do for God in our prayer life. Once we start to lack any consistency, things start to happen. Come on. Somebody say Amen. You know, things start to happen. So we have to be consistent. If we start missing church, things start to happen. Come on. But we have to be consistent. Consistent keeps us in line, keeps us in line to his will, keeps us in line what we have to do, and helps us to grow. Come on. If you want to work out, amen, how many know you got to be consistent? Come on. Once a week is not going to happen. Come on. You can't just work out once a week and boom, blow up. It's not going to happen, amen. There has to be a consistency if you want to build up. I'm not a bodybuilder, amen, amen, uh, but, but, but there has to be something. Whatever you do, amen, uh, whether it's to eat right or things like that, if you want to, to build on something, there has to be consistency, amen. Something that the Raiders are working on right now, hallelujah. Consistency, amen. 
Let's get a consistent win today, amen. The, the question is the title of my message. What is discipleship? What is discipleship? Amen. See, discipleship is the process of what, by, by which one person imparts inside of them into another person. Amen. It's to, to, the goal of discipleship is to help the individuals or individuals become disciples of Jesus Christ. How many want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ in this place? Come on, you're not trying to be my disciple. I'm not the, you're not a disciple of Pastor R. You're not, we're disciples of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, we're not here to, to build air or take anything from Christ. He is the main model of what we're trying to strive for and be like, amen, is to equip people to be like Jesus, encouraging them to build up, amen, to help them to come under the authority of God, come on, and develop a strong personal relationship with God, amen, by becoming more like him in everything that we do in our lives. Come on, right? We used to sing that old song, to be more like Jesus, that's all I ever ask is to be more like him. You know, we need to be like Jesus. I know that there's a lot of preachers out there like I like to be like that person. There's nothing wrong to look at a person and say, you know, I like to be like them. But our thing is we need to be like Jesus. Come on, somebody. Come on. We, there's, only, there's only one you. And so you got you to gotta model it towards Christ. Amen. He is the model. We need to be more like him in every area of our lives and prepare to, for them to work out their callings. Amen. And to make disciples, because disciples make disciples. Can somebody say amen? We, we need each other. We need to build each other in order for us to grow. There's a, a, a quote, amen, that says, Christianity without discipleship is always Christianity without Christ. Amen. Discipleship is a key. Amen. Discipleship has to be personal. That means it's a life for a life. It's one life imparting to another life. It's, all, it's done up close. It's not done in a distance. It's done, in a, it's done in, inside a, a living room. It's done a, at a coffee shop. It's done a, a, over a meal. It's done after a, a, a fellowship and having a, just a get-together, amen. Discipleship has to be one-on-one. -on -one. Can somebody say amen? Come on, it can't be, uh, you know, and sometimes phones work and things like that, but personal. It has to be up close and personal, amen. It's one life imparting to another. And that's what Jesus did. If you look at the story and the lifeline of Jesus, the three years that he walked here on, or the 30 years that he walked here on earth, and the three years that he, dis, uh, that he did his ministry, amen, everything was up close and personal. Can somebody say yes? Hallelujah. Come on. Jesus preached to the multitudes, but he discipled one-on-one -on -one or in the small group settings. So we have to understand that it's important that we learn how to make disciples. Amen. We have to learn how to make disciples. We've got to learn how to, to duplicate. This is what this fellowship has been built on. I mean, it was built by discipleship. It was built, amen, of a revival that broke out. But with that revival, you had to do something with that. Come on now, Pastor Mike Neville, Pastor Donald Neville, amen, came out, amen, started a church in Maywood, amen, and all, everything started to move. There was just a movement of God. God started to save the gang member, amen, in the streets, and, and people started to say, like, what do we do with these guys? We have to disciple them. Come on, they, they came with a different mindset, just like all of us, right? We came with our own mindsets. We came on the way of our upbringing. In a way, someone discipled you. It might have not been good, you know, you can disciple people bad. Hallelujah. 
So we were discipled by the way we grew up, right? whether it's our father, our household, or the neighborhood. It discipled us, but now that we're changed, come on somebody, are we changed in this place? Now that we're changed, we need to know how to be the man of God, how to be that woman of God, how that I can be discipled, that, you know, that I can learn, that I can teach someone else. And this is how we start to grow. This is how this fellowship has been built, amen, is because of discipleship. There's reasons for why we do this, amen. The first reason is that we're commanded to, right? There's a command. Jesus says to go and make what? Disciples. Did he say to go make churchgoers? Or go make the Sunday Christian? Or go, go, go create a volunteer? No, he says to go and make disciples, amen. We're not here to bring a, a Sunday crowd. We're not here to bring even a Wednesday crowd. We're here to bring a crowd, amen, of disciples that will serve God 24-7, seven days a week, 12 months, amen, all the time, amen, serving God. There is not a day off. You even serve God on leap year. It's not a day off. This is for life. This is what we are to do. We have to train them to be disciples. Disciples, amen, is who you are out there. Come on, it's not who you are when you come in here. Come on, we, we can all walk in and we can all smile. We can all say praise the Lord, amen. But what we are here, what we're displaying right here in the church has to be outside in our homes, in our workplaces, and everything that we do. That is what a disciple of Jesus does. They demonstrate Christ through their whole life. Come on. I wonder if I spoke to some spouses today and wonder if your spouse is a disciple at home. What would they say? Come on, what would your kids say? Because how many know your kids would say everything? How's mom at home? How's dad at home? Well, we're to, to, we're to make disciples, church. And it has to be in everything that we do. Matthew 2819, the New Living Translation says, there, says, therefore, go, somebody say go, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Right here, you know, Jesus does not make this optional. He doesn't say if you want to go make disciples or it, 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 I think it's a good idea if you want to do this. No, it's, it's not an option. He intends that all his followers, anyone that calls himself Christians, anyone that says I'm a disciple or a follower of Jesus Christ, amen, is to make disciples. They're to become and make disciples. Mark chapter 5, verse 19. But Jesus said, no, go home to your family and tell them everything the Lord has done for you and how merciful he has been, amen. See, once you get saved, once you came to the altar of God and gave your life to Jesus Christ, amen, you can in turn start to share what God has already done in your life. Come on, you can start to impart it to somebody, you know, you should, you should, man, I went to church on Sunday, and let me tell you, let me tell you what God did for me. Let me tell you what happened. He says to go, you know, once something is done in your life, go. Go tell somebody what I've done. Go tell them how merciful I've, I've been to you, amen. Uh, and so you can only impart what you know, right? Come on, you, you cannot go by anything else, amen. You, you cannot impart things that, 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 that someone else knows, only what you know, what, what's, up, what's done up personally to you, that you can share to somebody. How many have something to share to somebody? Come on, anybody here have a testimony? 
Come on, anybody here, amen, uh, has God been merciful to you? Come on, has he been good to you? See, you have something to tell him, amen. You know what? I was once this, and God set me free. Well, how did he set you free? Well, let me tell you, my friend. You can start to share, and you know, and you start to learn the scriptures that you can incorporate that as you're witnessing to somebody, amen. It's to go and to make disciples. See, the second is the most important thing that needs to take place after salvation. So first is commanded, right? And then the second is it has to take place. Discipleship has to take place right after someone gets saved, amen. That's why we need to reach out to them and know them. We have to invite somebody. When's the last time you invited someone for coffee? That's new. Not your friend. Not the buddy. Not the close Sister, amen. I'm talking about the new person uh, that you came out and, and maybe you prayed over them and so forth. Did you talk to them? Did you invite them? Did you talk to them afterwards? You know what just happened? You know what just took place right here? Let, let me share. This is what you need to do. You know, there's some things that we need to start in prime because we as disciples, we must, as a church, start to impart into people's lives. Can somebody say Amen. If discipleship does not take place at the time, amen, of salvation or the time when they receive Christ, amen, the chances of them coming back to our church is probably slim or none, right? I mean, they may come back because it felt good and God, they felt the presence of God, but once you start to impart, once you start to get a hold of them, once you start to, 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 to uh, encourage them and, and say, you know what, let me teach you some things, amen, uh, where are you from, and you're just building uh, on some, some relationships, amen, uh, they may just come back and then they'll see you when they walk in, hey, how's it going, bro, how's it going, sis, now there's a connection now, they didn't come in not knowing anyone no more, now they got a connection, can somebody say amen? See, we at our church, we give a courtesy call. If I, we get a card from them, amen. I tell my ushers, they're new people, get a card. We, we try to follow up with them with a card and say, how's it going? Uh, did you have any questions about our service? Uh, did you have any questions about what was being ministered or maybe any questions of our faith? Whatever it is, and we try to answer them to the best of our ability, amen. Well, I send them a greeting letter saying, thank you for stopping by. Uh, if you're looking for a church, I hope that you can come here. God's doing some great things here at, at PCLV. Uh, uh, but, but, but if you're looking for a home, we thank you. If you're visiting, we thank you anyway, you know. We get a lot of visitors that come through our church, amen. They either come visit Las Vegas, amen. They don't live here. But we, I thank them for stopping by. But all of us, say me, all of us should be making connections, start imparting, amen. We make connections on the street. Come on, don't look at me like you're all that too saved, amen. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. You hear about a good connection, guess what? You're going to make that connection, amen. And so the same thing has to go in the church. We have to make some good connections. They'll know where to come to. They, they know they'll, they'll remember you, amen. They'll, they'll know when to come back, amen. If, if something should happen and they happen to just part away, that they, there's some kind of connection. See, new converts don't know how to stand when things get tough, right? Did you know it all once we got saved? Come on, I didn't know. I, come on, anyone still struggle after you got saved? Uh, for me, God did the miraculous. For me, I was delivered on the spot. God did something in me. How many know that God can deliver you like that still? Come on, God did something inside of me that just created that, 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 that hunger for alcohol. Well, God delivered me. He delivered me from the spot. But, but uh, a lot of cases, it's not like that. We, we don't know how to do it. But I, I still didn't know how to pray right. I still didn't know how to talk right. I still didn't know how to act right. Amen. I still had an attitude. Anybody still have an attitude here? Raise your hand. No, no, no you don't have to raise your hand. 
<laughs> Anyone have that? Come on, just raise your hand. We're just waving around. I, I have an attitude. But we still got things, amen. I, there's certain things I didn't know. I didn't know how to be a good husband, a good, good father. So there were still things, that, even though I got delivered from those, those obvious things, and God did a miracle in my life, but I, I still needed to be discipled. I, I still needed to do someone to teach me, to help me with the word of God, uh, how to be a good man, uh, how to be a good husband, how to be a good father, amen. Uh, and so I, I thank God for the connection uh, that God gave me uh, when I gave my life to Jesus Christ, that he connected me uh, to the person that led me to Christ, amen, who became came my, my Bible study leader and my best friend, amen. We made a connection, amen. And he started to impart inside my life that made me the man of God of who I am today. There was a connection made. If that connection would have been made, I don't know if I'd be here today. But because of the connection, because we come from a fellowship that's built on discipleship, amen, that's what keeps us going. And that's what's kept me for 20 years, 23 years plus. I know I look 30, but 23 years plus. I'm just playing, amen. I'm getting old now, hallelujah. We got to make a connection, church, because they don't know how to stand when things get hard. Being you and the Lord, amen, they're still living by feeling. They're living, they're living by emotion instead of faith. Come on, somebody. Come on, when things start hitting their lives, amen, because they're babes in Christ, amen, they're going to go by what they feel, amen. And many of them will fall away if they're not discipled, if they're not taught well, if they're not taught how to stand when this comes. You know, I tell people when they get saved, amen, come on, it's life's, your problems aren't going away. Welcome to trials, tribulations, and storms. Hallelujah. Come on, I, I tell them the truth, amen. It's going to be hard. But if you connect, if you, if you, if you give your life to Jesus, if you, if you start to Surrender everything. You start to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to come inside your life. And you start to, we start to disciple them right here and say, man, it's not, it's not a skip in the park. It's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be hard. But I can tell you, with Jesus, you can make it. Come on. Come on. We got, you, you tell them, I, I'm a testimony of that. You're a testimony. You start to share. You can do this. We can make this. God is there. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. Amen. Come on. He's there to help us along the way. So it's very important to make a connection to plug them in, right? Give them a hookup. Plug them up. Hook them in. You know, if we, want, if, we want, if we want to be empowered, if we want to feel we're part of something, we have to be connected. Tell your neighbor, connect. Connect. There are reasons why discipleship doesn't play, take place because people don't know how to disciple. Why? Because they've never been trained or they've never been discipled themselves. And that's kind of sad that we, that falls into the cracks of the church sometimes. No one ever discipled them. You know, no one ever made the connection to them. Maybe they're that Sunday Christian. They think Sunday, that's all they need. And so we see the Sunday person. And no one has ever made, they made the connection. Hey, do you want to get connected to the life group? We have life groups. On Friday, we, we have Goldman on Thursday. Uh, we, we got men's discipleship every other month or, or whatever it is or we're having a fellowship or whatever it is, the connection's never been made. And, and so they come in and, and we kind of just, they fall through the cracks. And they come on Sundays and they're here for the while and then all of a sudden you, you kind of just see them fall away and sometimes we don't even remember them because the connection was never made. And it's kind of sad that it happens in our churches today, 
that people come in and we see that familiar face and we say hi and everything else, but because the connection wasn't there, when they, when they slip away, we don't notice. Maybe down the road, maybe, whatever happened to that family? Whatever happened, you know, I wonder if anyone really reached out to them. And we start to question. But everyone has to take that personal here. Come on, you got to make the connection. Look at somebody. Make the connection. You, you, you got you to gotta make the connection. Well, you, don't, you can't just say, well, the leadership's taking care of that. Or, or a pastor's taking care of that. He goes and talks to everybody. He, he made the connection. So we, we don't have to do nothing. <laughs> Come on. Come on. We, we, we get into a place, amen, that we think the responsibility falls on someone else. Where you got to take ownership. Is this your church? Come on, this is your church and you got to take ownership. And every person here is of value. Every soul is of value. Amen. If they, we need to not only give them Jesus here and we may give them the worship and they may experience all that and feel welcome in this place, but there has to be a connection because the enemy is going to come and they're going to be attacked soon as they leave. But if you make that connection, we start to build. We have different things to offer discipleship in our church, and we got to take advantage of those things. Say, so I need to get connected. I got to get hooked up. I got to start building relationships. We got to build discipleships. You know, we can sit in our mess and say, oh, no one invites me. No, no. Then invite somebody. You make the connection. Don't wait on someone else to try to connect. You got to make connections. If you've been here for a while, connect. We're, we're, life is life, guys. We, we, but you got to make the connections or take advantage of the opportunities when there are connections made. Second reason is that people are not seeking people after church, including leadership. Come on, people are getting lazy. Come on, they don't want to spend time. There's a new couple coming in. Oh, we got plans. You know, we don't want, we all want to go home. The game's on. Come on, if you're putting God, a game in front of God, then there's something wrong with you. When there needs to be a connection in the church. If there's someone new, then it's your responsibility. You know what? The game can wait. The soul can't. I got to reach out to this soul. I got to reach out. I may not get another opportunity. I may not get a chance. Come on, you got highlights anyway. You can catch the highlights. But are we really valuing other things in front of people now? Come on, are you that hungry to spend five minutes with someone just to make a connection? See, people are walking out, and they're not walking back in. We come and go. We think, you know what, i got to plug my time in, do my thing, and you think that's it. My duty's done. I served as an usher, boom, I'm out of here. Did my thing with the kids, boom, I'm out of here. You know, we, we did what we did, we're out of here. We're done. See ya. This is life, church. This is our life. This is your life. In, in leadership, you got to understand, this is your life. Amen. This is life. This, I, you chose this. I chose this. I can't just take off. I can't just say, I'm not coming to church. This is my life. This is what I chose to live, and I love it. And you got to love what you got to do for God. Amen. And so you, you got to understand God comes first above all things. God is first. Family, then ministry. 
We messed that up a couple times too. But God is always first. There's people that put ministry in front of God. Put family in front of God. But God is always number one. Can somebody say amen? And then there's people that don't want to be discipled. Hello? Come on. You, you, you got to understand, there's people that say, you know what? I don't want to be discipled. Hey, let's go have coffee. No, I don't want to have coffee with you. <laughs> I don't want to go out with you. I don't want to come over. That's okay, church. They don't want discipleship. You cannot make someone be discipled. Come on. Oh, yeah, let's tie them up. You're going. <laughs> you can't do that, amen. We cannot tie up people and force them, amen. We can, it's like we can't force them to, to come up here. You know, one, one thing that really bugged me was put people pushing me to get saved. When I was, when I was backslidden for those, those 10 years, every time I, I would go to the church, to, to, you know what, I'm going to make my wife happy today. I'm just going to go to church. For, I, I'm not going there to get saved. My, my mind is not, I'm not saved. I'm going to make her happy and that's it. And when they would come, they would come up to me and they say, oh, there he is. There's the prayer request. <laughs> Here's my opportunity. Amen. Prayer, that's the man right there. I told you she was married. <laughs> you know? And I would go there, amen, because I would go very, not as much, amen, I was... I'd go there three times a year maybe. You know, this, this is for 10 years. You know, I would just go there just, just to make her happy. And so I go there and I say, okay, and, and she, she can testify. I'd be looking at my watch. We didn't have clocks and time frames. I'd be looking at my watch and man, when is this thing over with? And I, I, my intentions were there, but then I, when I, once I got there, I just shut down. I mean, I was, I was bad. I was just, ah, man, I was... God needed to save me. But after the altar call, here they came. Like a, like a pack of wolves, amen. Like, nah, there's one there. Let's get them, amen. I mean, like, back up, dude, amen. They were like, come on, you want to get saved? 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 I'll walk away. Let's get saved. No, I don't want to get saved. Back up, dude. Come on, let's get saved. No. I remember I was one time, I, but I was polite. I was saying, no, not, I'm, I'm, I'm all right, bro. I'm all right. And there was one guy that was persistent one time that I got up and I told him, you need to get off my, get away from my face right now. I don't want to get saved. You can't make me get saved. I'll go when the Lord tells me to go. So back up. Not, it, it, you can't make a person get saved. I mean, there's no problem asking. There's no problem getting prompt, man. God, you, you can see when God's moving on somebody. Come on, somebody. And say, come on. They, they, they just need that little push, that gentle push. And they'll get up. But if you're, you're forcing, you know one guy that doesn't want it. Why are you going to make it? Well, look at mine. Look, I got him saved. You can't nobody saved. That person hasn't come. And so we, we can't disciple people that don't want to get discipled. You can't force them to come to gold, man. You can encourage them. You can tell them, amen, come on, Brian. Brother, come on, you can bribe them a little bit. I'll buy you a taco. You know, I'll, I'll take you and buy you a meal afterwards. You know, you can do a little bribery. That's all right on that part, amen. <laughs> but, but you can't force them. You can't, you know, I'll pick you up. You can, you can make suggestions for them. No, I don't got it right. Well, I'll pick you up. Okay. You can take all their excuses away. What is it? I don't want it. Okay, bro, I can respect that. I can respect a person that says, I don't want this. Cool. Thank you. 
I don't have to waste my time. <laughs> really? Thank God that they came, but God's the one that's going to get a hold of them. And then we just got to be ready to do what we need to do. So when one person takes that step, then we can be there. So, but you can't disciple someone that doesn't want to be discipled. So three reasons for discipleship is first what? We're commanded to, right? And this is really important. The second part is very important to take place after someone gets saved. The third is the key is, is what we do. It's reaching the souls for Jesus Christ, right? The first thing that Jesus tells his disciples when he met them fishing was what? In Matthew chapter 4, 19, in the New King James, it says this. He said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And verse 20 says they immediately left their nets. They dropped what they were doing, church. They dropped of who they were, and they started to follow them. Jesus didn't make them. Jesus asked them. Jesus said, you want some different, a different life. You want, you, want, you want to do something different. You want to follow me. They've they, they seen something inside of them, inside of Christ. And he said, you know what? If you, I'll make you follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. They immediately dropped everything, amen, and, and the way they've been living, amen, and they started following Christ. Listen, if you want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, if you truly want to follow Christ, then you're going to need to drop some stuff. Come on, God's been hitting on this area of dropping stuff or, or turning away from stuff because God is calling us because you're not going to be effective. Amen. There's no way that you're going to start to build not only yourself or somebody else unless you drop some things. There's some things in our lives that we need to stop doing, stop watching, stop hearing. All this stuff affects, amen. If we really want to be a, an effective disciple maker or, or follower of Christ, then there are, there are some things that we Need to drop, church. So he tells them, follow me. And I'll make you fishers of men. See, the last thing he told them in Matthew chapter 28, third twin, was to now go make. So follow me and I'll, I'll teach you. And then he tells them, go do it now. Right? Follow me, and I'll teach you. I'll disciple you. And now that I've done it, now you do it. This is what he did. He goes, I'll make you. And the last thing he says to them, now go make. In those between, that, those two, from that time that they first met to the time that he's going back or being descended back to heaven, amen. In those, in those two statements, amen, he spent three years discipling them. Three years teaching them. Three years imparting inside of them. That's why he says before you can go make disciples, you first have to be disciple. You first have to understand what this is and what we do here, amen. You know, we can't just go. We got to be taught. That's why he says, follow me and I'll teach you. I'll make you fishers of men. And then at the end he says, no, now go. Now go make. Now go teach. He spent three years with the disciples. In those three years, Jesus personally discipled them. It was a one-on-one -on -one thing. It was very, very personal. He, teach, he taught them how to disciple people. He taught them how to love people. He taught them uh, how, how, to, how to be there for them and put others in front of them, amen, because the way he discipled them. He says, I want you to do the same thing. In John chapter 13, 15 through 17, here Jesus, he knows in the very next few hours he's going to be crucified. And so what does he do, amen? 
Here in, 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 in chapter uh, 13, verse 15, 17, it says, I've given you an example to follow. Do what I have done to you. I tell you the truth. Slaves are no greater than their master, nor is a messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now that you know these things, God will bless you if by doing them. By doing them. He'll bless you by doing them. So Jesus is showing you here, you know what? Guys, if you want to be a disciple, if you want to really true be my follower and how I am, then you're going to have to put others in front of you. And you're going to have to learn to serve and to love. As we know here, he washes their feet. He, 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 he humbles himself and says he's, he's teaching them. He's discipling them. This, this is kind of the, one of the last things that he's doing to them before, before they come to arrest him, before the crucifixion and all this stuff. He's teaching them one more thing. He goes, you know what? I, uh, this is what you need to do, guys. You need to serve people. You need to love people. You need to put others in front of you. You got to do this. This is what I'm doing. I'm going to lay down my life. I'm, a, I'm about to give my life for this world. Amen. I'm about to shed my blood for everyone. And so I want you to lay some things down. You're going to have to lay down your life if you, in order to follow me. In order to be my disciple. Amen. Now that you know, he says, now go. Tell your neighbor, now that you know, go. You got to go. Now that you know these things, amen, they're, they're not to be known just to have a, a knowledge. It's not just to be known that I know these things. How many know it's all right to know, but if you're not doing anything, what, you, what, what use is it? Right? You, you got to use it. You got to put it into practice, amen. And if you do it, it says you'll be what? Blessed along the way. Come on. I don't know about you, but since I've been following Christ, I've been blessed. Come on, I'm, yeah, I go through trials. Yeah, I go through storms. I go through battles. But he walks with me. He guides me. He teaches me. The Holy Spirit shows me things, amen. Uh, but he never leaves me. He never forsakes me. Uh, and so he's alongside with me. So he blesses me. You know, you're going to have to go through some things first in order to be blessed. How many of you have to work first in order for payday? Come on, how, how many can go to your boss in the beginning of the week and say, can I get paid now? Right? You're going to have to work it. you got to put in the hours. You're going to have to do something in order to be blessed. Same thing goes with us, amen. If we want the things of God, then we're going to have to do some things, uh, things that have been taught to us uh, in order to then start to do them in order to be blessed by him. Can somebody say amen? They were to go and make disciples the same way Jesus discipled them because disciples make disciples, church. If we're going to win the world or win Las Vegas, or even win our homes, church. And keep those that walk into this church, it's going to be through discipleship. If discipleship does not take place, people will fall away. Come on. See, the church, us, we're good in leading people, inviting people, but not good in keeping them. Come on. If we kept everyone that came here, church, this place would not be big enough from the people that walk through these doors. And I know people move, and, and there's people that just don't want it. But there's some people that have fallen through the cracks. That we, that they, they, we, just, we, we didn't do our part. Come on, somebody. We didn't do our part. You know, we led them here, but we didn't keep them. We know how to invite. We know how to lead them to the starting line. Come on. We know how to 
bring a person and say, come on, brother, you want, you want to get saved? And, you say, and he says, yes. And we, and we bring him. We know how to lead him. And, come on, brother. Come on. We lead him. Amen. No, don't hang on me. Get him help. <laughs> no, 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 no. We lead him. We, we know it. Right here, right here, right there. That's, a, that's the starting line. Go ahead. And, the, and then the, the, the preacher does his thing and, and says, you want Jesus in your life? He says, yes. And he goes, hey, raise your hand. Say this prayer after me. And so we know how to put him right there. Okay. We, we did it. And then we go like this. Exactly. Where, where am I going? And so we, we lit up there and it feels like it's a great moment. He's crying all this stuff and turns around to find you now. But, but, but here, you know what, we, we lead them. We know how to, where to point them at. We know where to take them, amen. But then we don't show them how to finish. We, do we give them the start? Okay, you're saved. All right, you're here. Praise the Lord. And then we think, I've done my part. I invited someone. I, I brought someone, pastor. And we lead them to the finish line. Now you say, okay, here, you're on your own now. We don't teach them. How to finish the race. We failed in helping them to the finish line, church. Because it takes discipleship. Now the training comes. That's why I guess some people don't want to lead anybody to Christ. They're like, oh man, now I got to disciple them. <laughs> and that's kind of sad. We're great in bringing people, we're great in leading people, we're great in posting things. And leading people and doing all this stuff, but then we, man, where's the posting of people praying with each other? Where's the, where's the post, you know what, we fellowship and Man, we broke bread, and man, what a great time it was with the, with the men or with, the, with my sister. I mean, man, we spent time just learning God's word. We just, we just post the starting line. We just post that we led them to the line. But we don't post the work. We don't post the discipleship part. We don't post them saying, come on. We don't post them falling down and picking them up. We don't post those things, church. We get them to the finish line. Right? They'll probably never hear those words. You know what? I, or say those words. I, I, I kept the faith. I fought a good fight. I finished my race. They didn't know how to run the race. How can we teach them to say that when they reach glory land, when they reach the presence of God, if we just put them to the starting line only? When we do that, church, we failed as a church because we should help them all the way to the end. Can somebody say amen? Yeah, other men, other people come into our lives. You know, we start there and the one brother's running with me. Come on, my, my, my best friend, my leader was running with me. Boom. Something happened to him. He passed away. And so now, okay, I'm running. Okay, well, he taught me. So I, I'm running. I know what to do now. And so now I'm teaching others on this run, picking up other people on the race. Come on, guys, let's run. Let's do this. Come on, we got this going. Then there's other people that impart inside this race. 
I'm still being imparted, church. I don't know everything. I'm still being discipled, amen. Holy Spirit disciples me. God, you know, everything, there's other men that God brings into my life, you know, comes and disciples me, make me stronger if I can run this race, keep running the race, because how many know we get tired sometimes too? We get weary sometimes, and, and, and the Word of God says that we're going to do that, amen, but, but, but you know what, don't, 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 don't give up, don't give up, don't give up, come on, something's going to come, fresh one's going to come again. <sighs> you get your breath, boom, now you're running again. Because someone's taught me how to finish the race. Someone's taught me that you keep your eyes on the prize. Someone's taught me, you know, keep running. Even though it gets strong, even though it doesn't look good, amen. You got to keep running. You got to keep running. And I thank God for the cheerleaders and the guys, the people that put in my life. Come on, brother. Keep going. Keep going. Get up. Get up. Get up. Get up. Go, 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 go. Thank God for those voices that spoke to my life, amen, during the course, even when I got weakened. That was able to keep going because why? Because someone discipled me. To get up. And sometimes I have to encourage myself because sometimes there's not people around me, but I can always encourage myself in the Lord just like David did. The Holy Spirit becomes my best friend. That when I don't have any voices that are audible, like the voice right here between us, that God can still speak to me. And the Holy Spirit can still speak to me and say, Get up, son. Get up. Why? Because I've been discipled how to hear his voice, I've been discipled how to. To keep tuned to that and how to encourage myself, how to put myself, how to open, how to open the word of God to speak to me because someone discipled me. See, we focus on the first part of the Great Commission is to go in the world and preach. We're good preachers. We go out and we preach to our, our workplaces. We preach to them. We have no problem preaching to people. Everyone wants to talk, but no one wants to walk. No one wants to walk someone through. It's like everyone likes to complain, but nobody wants to help. Come on, we, got, we know how to complain about things in the church. Well, you're not doing that. What are you doing? What are you doing? Right? So the first part, we got down pretty good. We know how to preach. But we fail in the second part of go and teach. Go and teach. Make disciples. Got to teach. Got to teach. See, this, this plan of discipleship, this great commission, is all Jesus' plan to win the world. There is no other way, church. It's right there. Those were the final things before he leaves. Let's go now. I've taught you. I made you fishers of men. Now go. Everything that I've imparted to you, now use. Build other people. Build other men. Build, build, the, build, the, build the church. Build the family. Build, build, build. Go, go, go. Make, make, make. Teach, teach, teach. Do these things. See, winning the world doesn't come through one person. Come on. It takes all of us. Come on, somebody say, me. Come on. Vegas is not going to be won through me. I'm not winning Las Vegas. It's one through us. It's through all of us doing our part. It's all of us saying, you know what? I want to impart something. I want to do these things. Amen. See, disciple making, disciples making disciples is the answer to the things that we do here, guys. This is how we build. This is how we grow, guys. It's us doing our part. Now that you're taught. Now that, you know, I'm going to teach you how to make disciples. I'm going to teach you how to be fishermen. Now go do. 
Now start to impart, start to impart to your family, your kids, everything else. We got to start to disciple our kids. Don't leave it to the church to do it. Parents, come on, they're going to teach them over. They'll disciple them in Sunday school. No, no, you teach them. That's your responsibility. Come on, you've been taught how to do that. Now impart it to your kids. Teach them. Teach them. They're your disciples. Those, those are your first disciples is your own family, your own children. You're winning the world, amen, and your children are going to hell. What, what is that? Save your home. Teach your kids. Disciple them. Teach them. Pray for them. Show them. They'll learn. They grab things, church. I mean, my granddaughter's learning the, the, the Ten Commandments. And I trip out when she goes, thou shalt not commit adultery. She don't even know what adultery is. She's, she's four years old, amen. But she knows don't commit adultery, amen. We'll teach her that second part later, amen. Come on, we can have an awesome three-day revival. We can invite all kinds of people. We can blast it on social media. People will come. Maybe even people will answer the altar call and get saved, amen. Just like what took place at Santa Fe Hotel and Casino, amen, with Renee and things are going on. I was there Friday night. People came. People got saved, amen. But if personal discipleship does not take place after that event, amen, they're not going to last long. Come on, it's reaching out to those that gave their life to Jesus Christ. It's those, come on, who's reaching out for them? Wow, they got saved. Ten people got saved. Wow, who's reaching out for those ten? And we wonder why they're not coming back. Listen, leading people into salvation and then neglecting discipleship is wrong. It's like bringing a friend. You, get, you lead them to the altar. You lead them to, the finish, you lead them to that finish, that start line. It says, you're on your own, buddy. I've done my part. That part's easy, man. Inviting somebody, handing somebody a flyer, that's the easy part. After they get saved, that's the work part. Come on. And this work doing stuff like that, passing flyers, going out, giving your time, preaching the word of God on a street corner, doing all this stuff, now all that is needing, we're getting their attention, but if, they, if they're brought in because of that, and they're brought in because of a flyer, then, and they, and they answer the altar call, guess what? Now the church's part to start building. And that's you. Somebody say me. That's all of you guys. If you've been here for some time and God's done something, you can start to impart in somebody. Start to impart what you know. And you got to study in, in, in what you don't know. To make yourself better. It's just like, you know what, you, you can't just open your Bible every Sunday when I tell you to turn to, turn to Matthew, whatever. Or do this. You've you got, you got to disciple yourself as well. Come on, somebody say amen. You've got to build yourself up. You've got to build yourself up. Winning the loss, amen, was, and discipling was Jesus' plan to win this world, to win the people that were here for Vegas. Right now it's Vegas. Right here is our heart. This is, where, this is what we need to do is to win those that are lost out there. In this plan of making disciples and winning the world, making disciples takes three. Takes three, guys. First, the one discipling. That's the one that has some things, that, something that's already been imparted. So now he's imparting. The second one is the, the person that he's imparting to. So one is imparting, one is receiving. 
Now, the one being discipled, like I said before, has to be submissive and teachable. Come on, if you're not, discipleship cannot take place. If you're trying to disciple somebody and they're just rebellious, you're not going to get nowhere. If they're just putting excuse after excuse, there is no way that you can disciple that person. They're, they're, they're not being teachable. They're not, they're not submitting themselves to you. And, but let me tell you one more thing. You have to remain teachable through your whole walk. I don't care if I'm a pastor. I, I have to remain teachable. I can't just stand up here and someone else is preaching. Oh, I already know that. Or start saying I can preach better than that. Hello. Come on. Young converts, they start, God starts moving on them. They, they get there. Their head starts blowing up. You see how God uses me? You see how they're drawn to me? Come on, there's, there's, there's place. I, I've gone through that stuff, guys. It, it, it's just part of growing. No, you got to get disciple right. Hey, bro, stop that. You know, bust that bubble. Humble yourself, bro. You know, you, and then if you don't, if not, God's going to humble you. <laughs> and when God humbles you, whoa, it's just, you better just listen. Amen. I have to listen to my leadership. I got to be submissive to my pastor. I got to be submissive to every man of God, anyone that comes behind this pulpit. You know what, God, I'm going to listen. I want to remain teachable. I, I want to learn. I want to be better. Come on, I want to get better. I want to get gooder and gooder, amen. I, come on, I, I want to better myself. I'm not, no one has arrived. Even Paul says, I haven't arrived. Well, one thing I do was I strive. I keep my eyes on the prize. I keep going towards that heavenly mark, amen. I keep going forward, amen. I forget what's behind, and I go forward, amen. we got to remain going forward. But as you go forward, you got to be teachable. The third person involved in discipleship is the Holy Spirit. Because without him, both the disciple and the discipler are not going to work. You need the Holy Spirit. Because it's built by him, not by you. He only uses you. He needs, he needs a voice. He needs a mouthpiece. How would they hear without a preacher, right? How are they going to get a disciple without a disciple that's listening to the Holy Spirit? So we got to remain teachable. And somebody say amen. There's, three, there's levels, different levels of discipleship, church. And Jesus modeled them, different ones throughout the, his three years of ministry, where he ministered to the crowds and to the 70, ministered to the 12 disciples, and then the three, which he spent time with Peter, James, and John, amen. Even the one, with the John, the beloved, that he spent one-on-one time with. In each case, it was based on their hunger to more, know more of God. I love it when people are hungry for God. I love it when people come and they ask questions. I mean, they want to be discipled. I love it when men show up, amen, at go men, and where they don't have to be there, but they're there because I want to be here. I, I want to learn, Pastor. I, I, want to, I want to know how to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, you know. I, I, want, to, I, want, to, I want to spend some time. I want to learn the Word of God. I want to, I want to better myself as a man. Or if they come to a, a, a woman's gathering or whatever it is, they're there because they want to learn. I want some more. I, uh, church is not enough. I, I need a little bit more. I want some one-on-one. I want to spend some time and, and learn the Word of God. So each case is, 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 is based on their hunger. Are you hungry this morning? Come on, are you hungry for God? Are you hungry 
Do you wake up hungry? I know we wake up hungry physically, but you wake up hungry spiritually. God is looking for those kind of men and women that say, you know what? I'm hungry for you, God. I want to read your word. I, I want to know you more. There's a desire to learn. Listen, church, the greater the hunger that we, for those that we want to disciple church, the greater the disciple there will be for the influence. Come on, if we hunger, that, man, I want to disciple men, then you're going to be a great discipler. You're going to be a great influence to the body of Christ. Discipleship produces leaders. Come on. From being here from the altar of getting saved, from, from being discipled, from a leader to become a leader, and from a leader to, to different roles in the church and to, to becoming a pastor. See, all that is in the process of leadership. It's not just meant to just stay there. God wants to use you, so it produces leadership. That's another reason discipleship is there for a minute, because it produces leaders. Any church to, to grow continuously must produce leaders. There has to be leaders that will rise up because they want to use that to another level. They want to take that discipleship to another level and say, I want to do this for life. I want to do this. The more leaders that we have, the more that we can do as a church. It doesn't all fall on one person. Hello. Man, for the first few years, it just fell on me and my wife. Until leaders were, grew up and, and started to rise up in the church, amen. Now the roles are easier. You know, more leadership, more easier. Man, uh, we need more leaders, amen, for our next conference, amen, why? For the workload can be easier. Everyone now has a part. They're all doing their things. They've been discipled what to do, amen, uh, and how to run it and all these things. It's teaching. Uh, if you're a leader in this place, then you got to teach your group. Uh, you know, uh, well, no one wants to volunteer. Well, teach them, disciple them, uh, spend time with them, uh, start to build the people that God has placed under you and start to make other leaders, amen. Uh, you need help. Raise up leaders. That's how it's done. You got to raise leaders. You got to disciple them and teach someone within your group to take over. Amen. You see, if I do everything myself or me and my wife do everything, then we're going to be limited in our own ability. But if I can cause things to be done through leadership, then the growth is unlimited. We can start to produce church. If one person is doing everything, eventually that person's going to get burned out. Come on. We've been burned out before, amen. Just doing everything until people started to raise. I'll, I'll, I'll take care of that, Pastor. I'll, I'll do that. Instead of saying, you got that, Pastor? Okay, I'll see you later. <laughs> We're good at that. Or we see someone doing something, you're like, I, I didn't see them, you know. <laughs> Let's go. Instead of taking time, you know what, I, I can do that. Or you know what, God put that in my heart to, to do this. Or, you know, God put this in my heart to help out. See, when you be start to become disciplers, when you start to be disciple and you become submissive, you start to look at the needs in the church. And then God starts dropping things on you. And now you start to step up and say, I can do this. Let me help out in this. Let me, let me impart in this. Just like this, this quote says right here, it's better to train 10 people than to do the work of 10 people. Come on. Train. Train up 10 people and the work becomes easier, church, instead of one person doing 10 different roles. 
man, he's doing this, he's doing that, he's doing, man, that person's going to get burned out. Though they have a heart, let me tell you, in the beginning, that heart drives them, amen. They, they, I want to do it, I want, they want to do everything. But when you want to do everything, guess what? It, it, it doesn't give a chance for others to grow. Because, you know, I can't go in there because they're doing everything. I try to help, but, ah, you know, yeah, it's mine, I do it, I do it. But eventually, that person will get burned out. So train 10 people. And do, the, and do the work of 10 people. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9 to 12 says, two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other person can reach out and help. But if, one per, uh, if someone falls alone, then they're in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close to each other can keep each other warm, but how can one person keep warm alone? A person standing alone must be uh, uh, alone can be attacked and defeated, but two standing back to back can conquer. Three are even better, and a triple-braided cord is not easily broken. It's when we come together, church, when we start to do things together, it becomes a little bit easier than doing it on your own. When it comes to discipleship, the last thing I really want to talk real quick. When it comes to discipleship, men disciple men, and women disciple women. Come on, you can't be going like that. You know, guys can't be saying, well, I'm going to go disciple her. I'll be right back. What's up, girl? <laughs> or, or a girl saying that too. You know, I'm, uh, excuse me, sis, I'm going to go talk to brother so-and-so. I'm going to disciple him for a while. No, you're not. That's right. Men disciple men and women disciple women, church. You cannot go around and say, and let me tell you, when you cross sex, Male and female, man, there's too many emotions, too many connections. It's too personal. Like I said, discipleship is personal. There's going to be some deep things opened up. There's going to be things that are going to be shared there. And so you make yourself vulnerable to those things right there where you start to feel pity for that sister or that brother. And all of a sudden there's a connection of emotion instead of spiritual church. And it's not healthy and it's not good. Amen. There's nothing wrong with talking to each other in a group like this and, 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 and as brothers and sisters. But, but long time, getting isolated and saying, you know what, I'm going to help you. Or, or spending time outside in a parking lot or one-on-one or -on -one when it's opposite. It's not well, it's not good. You're setting yourself for trouble. You can go in with good intentions, but then the devil messes that up. Come on. I'm sorry, sister. I'm sorry. You're going through this. You start hugging me. You make out. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Or you start to feel for them. And it's not healthy, church. And I'm not saying we don't care for each other, but a man has to take care of the man, and the woman has to take care of the woman. There, there, I mean, there's a certain things that, that I would do as a pastor. and say, you know what, go talk to my wife. I'll talk to sisters here. I'll encourage them. I will, encourage, I will not disciple them. I'll disciple from the pulpit and preach from the pulpit, but I'm not going to pull a sister into my office and close the door and say, what, what's the problem? Pastor, you know. And I and I can I can be guarded and I can just be there, but once that door closes, that's wrong. You know, I gotta bring my wife in, I gotta bring someone else in. I or I'll sit somewhere right here, right here open in front of people and start encouraging a sister or something like that. But to disciple them, no. A man disciples a man, and a woman disciples a woman. 
Come on. Yes. Well, I was waiting for that well for a long time. <laughs> no. Come on, and then don't try to be their hero. See what it becomes, you become a hero to that person. You know, you know they, they're drawn to you because they, 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 want, they want their husband to be something like that you are, amen. And so they come and draw to you, and then all you're saying, well, I wouldn't treat you that way. And all, this, and all of a sudden, a connection starts. There's a spark that happens. You don't even know it. You don't even see the spark. And you're there thinking, oh, I'm cool. I'm helping her out. She feels good. You're walking around like, oh, yeah, it could be. And all of a sudden, here she comes again. And here she comes again. And here she comes. And now it's like, can you meet me here? The devil's so sneaky. I, I've seen ministry, I've seen pastors fall for this. Church it sneaks in. The devil is out to kill, steal, and destroy. He's out to divide the church, church. He's out to, he's out to hit, he's, he wants you to hear what you haven't heard at home. And he knows exactly what you're going through. And he'll send somebody your way. If you're not guarded up, you're not discipled well, and you're not prayed up, church, you're going to fall into a trap. You've got to wake up, church. Come on, we're going to follow Christ, and then this keep Christ inside of us. You can't do this, church. It opens too many doors to temptation. It involves too much emotional, personal things, guys. Personal things that they, the other person should not know. But to a sister or to a brother or to a counseling with, with leadership or pastor, you know, when I sit some, with somebody, they get personal. My wife's there with it on the personal stuff. Otherwise, you can fall into sin. I'll minister to my wife. That's my wife. I'll minister to my daughter. That's my daughter. That's all right. I'll disciple my daughter. I'll disciple my wife. Vice versa. But I will not disciple a sister. I'll talk to them. I'll encourage everybody. They can come hear the word of God. But they need some counseling and let's set up something. And me and my wife will meet you. Don't put yourself in that kind of place, church. Emotions will lead you and they'll take over. Ephesians chapter 4, 27 says, don't give the devil a foothold. There's a code, amen. If you give the devil a foothold, he'll make it a stronghold. You open the door, he'll take over, church. Don't give him a foothold because he'll make it a stronghold. Romans chapter 12, or, uh, 13, verse 14, and I'll close with this. It says, instead, clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord. Do not let yourself think about ways to indulge in evil desires. It's like the worship song they were singing. The presence of the Lord, the atmosphere has changed. Create that and cultivate that presence in your life that you don't fall into these kind of things, to think things wrong, do things wrong, church. Clothe yourself with his presence, amen? Amen? Amen. Let's all stand up. As I close,